0: Everybody, and welcome to another episode of True Stories of, from, or just from Tinseltown. And I'm here with the lovely April Vivier, oh, classic Hollywood historian, and she knows her blondes, bombshells. So we are on to another bombshell today. And why don't you tell everybody, Hi April, let me say hi to you first. Hi, Grace. Um, yes, no, I'm glad that I'm glad that, you know,
1: we're back on track for our blonde schedule. Um, we are doing Veronica Lake today, the, you know,
0: original peekaboo blonde. She was really cute.
1: Okay Oh god, is there a debate about her
0: birthday? <laughs> you didn't know that. Well she said uh we're just kind of going with it because I just said she's kind of cute, but it usually Why don't we just start where we usually start, tell us about where she was born, and how did she make her way to Tinseltown?
1: Okay, perfect. Oh, do you want me to start right now, Grace? (laughs) Yes. Okay, (laughs) I'm messing this up. All right, okay, I can start. Um, So Veronica Lake, you're right, she's kind of like the pocket blonde bombshell, although a lot of people tend to disagree on exactly how she short, I guess I should say Veronica Lake was, but regardless of how short she actually was, the most common claim is that she was four eleven. Um Veronica claimed five one. Regardless, she was, you know, very short and worked well obviously with Alan Ladd.
0: Veronica was born in Brooklyn, is
1: that not correct? She was. She was born in Brooklyn on November 14th, 1922. Her parents were, um, her birth name was Constance Frances Marie Ockleman. What a lovely which, name. <laughs> yeah, d- didn't really look good on, you know, in lights, obviously. Uh, but her parents were Harry Eugene Ockleman and then Constance Trimble. Um, Veronica had a very complicated relationship with her mother, which That's we'll get a, into. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so in 1932, uh, Harry actually died
0: in an explosion in Philadelphia. He worked for the, um, oil stuff, right? In an oil He,
1: he did. There, there yeah. was an oil explosion and he, um, passed away. How horrible. Uh, Constance, meaning, you know, mama. I guess mama Lake. I mm-hmm. guess we could say, uh, remarried just a year later in 1933 to a man named Anthony Keene. Um, Veronica must have, you know, quite enjoyed him because she actually took that surname. Mm-hmm. So her new name would have been Constance Francis Marie Keene. Uh, but, of course, for movies, they shortened it to Constance Keene. Um, she had, you know, a pretty... I, I would say a pretty decent life. You know, she went to a boarding school in Quebec called the Villa Maria. And, you know, she, she was there. She, I'm assuming it was ha- semi-happy. Her autobiography is kind of difficult to go uh, you know, off of. But in her second year, Anthony Keene got very, very sick, and the whole family had to move to Miami. So Veronica actually graduated from Miami High School. And Well, I shouldn't say graduate. She went to Miami High School. Um, Mm -hmm. But in 1938, the family decides to move again, and they move to Beverly Hills because that's apparently where everyone moves to. So they must have had like a little bit of money.
0: I'm thinking so because she did go to the private schools, and I saw the school she went to in Canada. It's really nice, really lovely. Yeah, no,
1: she, um, she, she, they definitely had a little bit. Um, Veronica would later claim that she went to McGill University for medical school (laughs) for a little bit. Um, and then she admitted, Hey, that was, you know, that wasn't true. That was Um, in her book. Did she admit that
0: she, she lied about it?
1: yeah and she and she spoke about it publicly too and apparently the president of mcgill university she explained that she has always over dramatized her life and he like forgave her and he just thought it was you know a good chuckle that she claimed she was going to be a surgeon and went to mcgill university but in actuality they moved to beverly hills in 1938 and she was pretty quickly
0: signed to mgm did mama uh, push her she kind of pushed her right
1: her her mom did push her. Her mom was a bit of a stage mom, but Constance went about it from a slightly different perspective. You know, a lot of these people were thinking, like, I'm going to make my kid famous. Right. Constance looks at it like, I'm going to make my kid famous so that I can live off of her.
0: Yes, which uh, we'll get into later, too. Yeah, that that's, <laughs>
1: that's obviously a huge mess. But, you know, Constance is pushing her, and Veronica, she's... Just kind of going with the flow, I guess you could say. So she signed to MGM. Um, she works for where uh, she does a lot of stage productions, actually, for the Bliss Hayden Theater. Um, most people know Bliss Hayden Theater because, for starters, Marilyn Monroe actually performed there about ten years after you know Veronica did. Wow. But. The most famous person from the Bliss Hayden Theater is probably Lila Leeds, who was arrested with Robert Mitchum for smoking weed.
0: A lovely starlet, yes. And she lost her career and he just kept on rolling along. But she didn't have a big one. She was sort of a right, she was a bit player, but still she didn't have a chance because she was a fallen woman and he he was just cool. And didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, I know.
1: That that was a really horrific thing to happen to have happened to Lila. Um, she had been engaged to Stephen Crane during that time. Really,
0: Lana's guy. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Stephen was like, "Peace out." <laughs> He wasn't going to deal with that scandal. You know, he had dealt with scandals with Lana. Of course, you know, stuff with Cheryl had not happened yet. But um, he had dealt, you know, with stuff with Lana. And he was just like, I can't deal with this. And obviously, Lila ended up becoming a prostitute for a while in Chicago. And then she became a again Christian and she became a minister. But wow. I guess we don't need to know that. But she's another 40s blonde. So, yes. Um, but, you know, and Veronica gets pretty positive reviews for her time at bliss hayden um you know she she's working there and then mgm is also loaning her out one of her most famous roles from this time is that she was in dancing co-ed from 1939 and of course dancing co-ed we talked about last week because that is where lana turner met artie shaw and Veronica just has a very very small part, but she is in there. And that was an R. Um, that was an MGM film, but they also loaned her quite a bit to RKO. Um, but finally, Lana kind of gets her break when Fred Wilcox, an assistant director, introduces her to Arthur Hornblow Jr., who gets her a part in uh, Paramount's "I Wanted Wings," which came out in 1940. And before this time. Uh, Veronica's parts, she had always been billed as Constance Keen, but she finally becomes Veronica Lake. And supposedly they chose the last name Lake because her eyes were so blue that it was like staring into two lakes. Um, she, and you know, I think the main thing that people have to remember with this is Veronica's, you know, doing this and she's only 18 years old. You know, when you see her, you think of her as being much older, but she's only 18 when she gets her big break and I wanted wings. Well,
0: it's like her and Lauren Bacall. They had that sophisticated kind of look and, and basically they were both terrified when they started out and Lauren, you know, would, she put her chin down a lot, you know, to keep it, whatever, you know, she, she so that she wasn't going to shake, and that's what I read about Veronica as well, that she was kind of uh, scared. Uh, Of course, I think anybody would be in the beginning, but uh, I never saw that movie. Um, I actually have not either. Um, I've
1: read reviews of it they a lot of you know reviews men declared that veronica was the ultimate find of 1941 i mean people absolutely loved her she was sultry she was young she was you know a pocket bombshell people absolutely adored pocket bombshell (laughs) and you know she's just she she pretty much gains overnight you know celebrity from it but of course her career also comes you know down pretty quickly too um 1940 was also a big year in Veronica's personal life because she married John S. Delty, who was an art director, um, and she quickly became pregnant, um, which would eventually be with her daughter. She'd eventually give birth to her daughter, Elaine. But in 1941, while she is six months pregnant with Elaine, she goes on to make Sullivan's Travels. Now, this Yes. Is wild. Wild it is and this is probably veronica's most famous movie um she's in it with joel mccrea who joel mccrea he's gorgeous he he is and he absolutely cannot stand her
0: i know i love that she from what i read they did not a lot of people didn't like her
1: no, that yeah, obviously went into that too a lot of people really did not like Veronica they looked at her as being spoiled they thought she was very difficult um one director in her later years would call her Veronica late <laughs> um well, that was actually from the Blue Dahlia you know which you know that's our Black. Black Dahlia yeah um uh, you know she, she's, just, she's not a very popular person to work with um her alcoholism probably had intensified, but Veronica did always like to drink. And you have to remember, she's only like eighteen when she's doing this because her birthday's in you know
0: November. Oh, when so she's, she's doing only, Sullivan's travel? Yeah, she's only
1: eighteen years old. <laughs> But, you know, so she's doing this movie, Preston Sturges directs it, he absolutely hates her. (laughs) Um, According to Veronica, she did not tell him that she was pregnant until she was on set, and he had to be restrained because he was going to beat her. Um, You know, she... and. They they have to plan everything around this. Her wardrobe is fantastic in the movie. You would never know she's pregnant. No, you she's know, dressed designed. as
0: that little boy hobo and yeah, yeah, and her
1: her she does wear gowns in it and you can't tell. You know, obviously it's great camera shots too, but Edith Head directs her wardrobe for this movie and it, it's a very good movie. I Yeah. It.
0: I, I love it. it. I love it. And it's just it's funny and it's so touching as well. Um, uh, he's a he's a director who wants to. He's a comedic director. Joe McRae plays one, and he just gets sick of it. He wants to get out in the thick of life and do drama films. So that's where he takes off as a hobo, and Veronica joins him, and it that it's just a really good movie. So I highly recommend as well.
1: It, it is. It's just. It's perfect. Um, also, during this time, Life Magazine does a feature on veronica's hair i don't think that you, anyone can really underestimate how important veronica's hair was to american society well
0: look at it's- farrah fawcett right Remember yeah, that hair, too? Exactly. But life
1: is a whole thing. They count, they, you know, reportedly count the hairs on her head. Oh, my God. And they say she has 150,000 hairs on her head. And they
0: measure the width of her hair.
1: And they, you know, sit there and oh my they God. say it's 17 inches in the front and 24 inches in the back. It is just about Veronica's hair. And it, it's kind of
0: creepy. It's very creepy. I didn't you read know, that. Yuck.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really insane. I guess that's all you can really say. It's insane, but you know she gives this whole feature on her hair, and uh, you know that that's Life Magazine ended up doing five features on her hair. But that's probably my favorite one.
0: <laughs> God, sits there who and the who in the world hairs. counted her hair? We don't know. It was science. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, um I want to ask you this question before we move on. Um, so with her hair, whatever. Um, When did she do, she had her baby. Then she did, when did she do I Married a Witch? Because I think that's her second, probably along with her noir stuff. But she's very popular for that film as well.
1: She is, and that would be about 42-ish, if I'm remembering correctly.
0: And, of course, she and Frederick March hated each other.
1: They they did, and Joel McRae had actually been offered the part, and he said, "No one can make two movies with Veronica Lake.
0: Life's too short."
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, and she, she's very difficult. Um, her alcoholism does intensify around forty three. Um, forty three is a pretty horrible year for Veronica. She's pregnant with her second child. She trips. He's delivered very, very early. Um, I believe it was July 8th of 43. Um, He dies on July 15th. His name was Anthony. Um, And then she divorces her she starts divorce proceedings against her husband in August. So only like two weeks later after she loses the baby or, you know, after the baby passes away, um, she files for divorce from John S. Delty. I mean, it, it's a very difficult time for Veronica and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well her alcoholism or, you know, her hair being cut, which was also in nineteen forty three,
0: contributed to her downfall. I think it was
1: probably because she was very difficult
0: yeah and drunk and And she was always late they said and did you hear somebody in a biography wrote something totally different I'm not going to say it and you know unless you know what I'm talking about um with her baby that it wasn't her husband she fell in love with the doctor he wouldn't leave his wife and did you ever hear that story from that biographer I, I have, yeah. So I, I just I don't want to say it because it's just too uh, you know yucky. But um, there, if you guys want to, you can um, investigate what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, it's. Um,
1: I, I I tend to I, I know exactly what story you're talking yes. about. Yes. Um, I I tend to just kind of stick with the story that she put out, whether or not it's true. It's up for debate. We're never going to know. No, we wouldn't
0: know. And even you know, if you put that there, um, who was who was his source to say that? You know, so you don't know. So basically, they said that she miscarried. She did it on purpose, sort of like an all that. What what someone leave her to heaven like Ellen <laughs> Jean Tierney yeah. makes herself fall because she doesn't want to have the baby. She doesn't want to share. But I don't believe that's true. I think she truly was devastated and. Um, What she wrote was true.
1: I I agree with you. And I mean, I I think, you know, not to get like super deep here, but a lot of people underestimate just how much, you know, the loss of a baby can affect people's marriages. And it's not, you know, like... It's not surprising that she filed for divorce so close after the baby's death.
0: And her hormones are going mad as well because she, for all those months, you know, you're building up, you're getting ready for the baby, it's all changing, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. And so your hormones are going through the roof, and yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for parents to survive the baby loss, but also an an older child, I think, is even harder when you, when Uh you lose that. But that was very sad. So that was her first husband. She was married to him for what, three years? Yep.
1: She, she was married to John for three years. Um, they got married when she was, you know, 17. Um, you know, and she, um, and like I said, you know, earlier, like The rise and fall of Veronica Lake is so swift and, you know, she's pretty much like looked at as kind of a leper, you know, but I mean, she keeps making movies, but people really don't want to work with her by 44 and she's only 23 years old. You know, the really iconic Veronica Lake that, you know, we think of, she's only like 19.
0: Yeah. And, and like you said, when the war, uh, when the Americans got into the war, um, a um, ton of women had to take the jobs because these men, the, the men were shipped overseas for World War II, so they became the Rosie the Riveters, those kind of people. Yet, a lot of women were still emulating Veronica's hair. So Veronica had to do a public service <laughs> announcement and show women how to wear their hair so that they, you know, didn't get it caught in the machinery because it had been happening.
1: They they did that was in forty three um, and. You know, her hair was so fine because they had measured it, and it would get you know <laughs> caught in machinery. So she advertises victory rolls, and there is a great video of her on YouTube that people can
0: watch. I posted uh, and, it on my on my uh, pod on my thing, so I will have to post it again.
1: So. Yeah, no, that'll be great. It's I think it's called Safety Styles, if I yes. remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and she you know does a variety of updos and stuff like that, and then she cuts her hair. <laughs> And, uh, you know, 43, that's, you know, kind of looked as like, oh, you know, that's her last hoorah, and that's also when she cuts her hair. But like I said, that's also when she experiences the loss of the baby and all that. Samson
0: and Delilah, Uh, right? Samson's hair gets cut. He doesn't have the strength anymore. Veronica cuts her hair and she doesn't have the star power anymore.
1: Exactly. And there's other things. Like it wasn't like all of a sudden she's in a bunch of movies and then forty three comes and like she's in nothing, you know, right. forty four times I should say. But she you know, like she's starting to get a bad reputation is what I should say on that. But before this happened, we'll just quick back up. Um, this gun for hire was made in nineteen forty two. Her you know love interest in it was supposed to be robert preston but she spent more screen time with alan ladd which produced one of the greatest screen pairings of all time
0: yes it was perfect because poor alan used to have to stand on boxes because most of the he was tiny he was fine boned and she was a perfect perfect match for him as a tiny fine boned woman
1: she, she was they're absolutely perfect together their screen chemistry is great everything about it is great um 1942 she makes star-spangled banner or the star-spangled rhythm um the reason I am bringing up this movie is because Eddie bracken Ooh. you know there. <laughs> yes. he's talking about Veronica and he's like everybody calls her you know the b- word on set and it's well deserved yes um you know th- there's a lot of very Oh goodness, I'm like choking. Um, there's a lot of varying accounts about like Veronica's onset behavior and how she was. Um, she filmed a movie in Utah in 1947 called Ramrod, which had actually been sponsored by. Utah state government because it celebrated a hundred years since the Mormon pioneers had, you know, first come into Utah. This movie means a lot to me because not only is it her second appearance with Joel McCrea, who, you know, had a sin or, you know, said, I'm not going to do anything else with her, but it was also filmed about 45 minutes away from me um, in Zion. Um, But, you know, she's very like, you know, people who remember her, you know, from the Ramrod set all say she was super nice. She was very professional. But, of course, the people she's worked you know, worked with were like, no, she wasn't like that. So I, I think it's one of those things that she probably was kind of a cool person, which even she would admit that herself. You know, she wasn't always the best mother. She no, really she was a terrible be, mother. if They didn't like yeah, her. Yeah, she, she didn't try to. So she didn't really try to, you know stay in touch with her kids, you know, and even she admits that in her autobiography she wishes that she would have been, you know, a warmer mother. Um, just while we're on the subject of ramrod, um, the Utah, like, state senate actually got in a fight about it, like, on the senate floor. Why? <laughs> during a meeting because they called it, um, once, you know, a person called it a fourth-class trashy picture, and another person said that instead of ramrod, it should be called hamrod. <laughs> <laughs> um, because they didn't think it like fully showcased Utah's greatness um but this movie was directed by Veronica's husband since 1944 Andre de Toth. um and you know she would end up having two more children with him, Andre the third and Diana you know and time back like we were just saying she she wasn't always the best mother. <laughs>
0: Now, she also did, um, prior, she did another movie where she got really great reviews was So Proudly We Hail, starring Claudette Colbert, Paulette Goddard, uh, Veronica, and so many great women. And I have not, I wish TCM would have that on. I haven't seen that in ages.
1: Yeah, I'd like to revamp the TCM schedule. Me too. Uh you know, no, it's um, – no, that that one's a very good – and you're right. Like, she still gets props for her acting and stuff. It's just her, you know, offset behavior really starts to come through. Um, had a Hopper reported in June of 44 that at a war bonds rally in Boston, uh, Veronica had auctioned off her dishwashing services – which was looked at as like kind of a, you know, most of these starlets would auction off a dinner date or right. something like that. Or a
0: dance or a kiss or something like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, and she's offering to wash people's dishes. <laughs> um, uh, Hedda says, you know, like basically Veronica's lucky to have a career after this. And it's, you know, and I guess Veronica had been kind of negative, towards people during that day so it's really looked at you know like oh you know veronica's just kind of a mean person she's only out for
0: herself no empathy yeah in the war I, I, effort, geez, you know, come on, honey.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really think she's like a mean person. I, I wouldn't you know, say that about her, but I do think that she is somebody who is very, you know, like very private, you know, kind of wants to keep to herself, you know, but she doesn't want to focus on, motherhood or anything like that either she's just kind of a free spirit she probably would have been happier you know during like the late 60s the flower child
0: era the hippie chick i have to ask you this one thing because i've read tons that she was diagnosed with schizophrenia in early years and later years they said that was part of her problems on the set she drank and you know, if you have schizophrenia and you're not taking medication or doing anything for it, is there any truth to the fact that Veronica had schizophrenia?
1: Um, so a few things with that, that actually comes from her mother, Constance, um, Veronica and Constance had a really horrible relationship because around, you know, 44 Constance is going around, you know, saying Veronica is not taking care of her. Veronica won't send her money and Veronica had been sending her money. It's just, she wasn't sending Constance what Constance thought Constance deserved. And so, she just completely cuts off her mom. They had a really horrible relationship. Didn't Constance she take died. her
0: to court? Constance, she, took she her to court.
1: Con- Constance took her to court. Constance took her to court. Constance died in 92. Of course, Veronica died in 73. Um, I I don't think that Veronica had schizophrenia, and it's not because I want to, you know, be a revisionist or anything like that. I think that Constance had a very big ax to grind. And I think that, you know, somebody... and. Somebody who's not taking their, you know, meta medicine for schizophrenia isn't going to be able to work like Veronica did, you know. Especially, you know, doing all these lines and stuff like that. Um, most people in the Veronica community tend to think that she probably was bipolar, and I agree with that. Um, obviously, you can't diagnose the dead, but. From a you know educated standpoint, I would say that bipolar disorder is probably the most likely thing that she was suffering from.
0: And also, but, in those times, mental illness was not treated. And the you know basically, it was like okay, we're going to give you electric shock treatments. It was pretty primitive and not understood as it is today. So, you know
1: exactly. It was, and um, it, it, it's very unlikely that she had like I said, I, I don't like to you know. We don't have anything to show that Veronica got that diagnosis. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's just coming from Constance. She worked on the book Peekaboo um, with the author. Um, I, I don't really recommend that book. There, I, think no?
0: that, I think he was the one who stated, and so no wonder it's so hateful, that, um, you know, she didn't want the baby and she did it herself. So isn't that the book, that guy? It it is. What a bitter mother. What a horrible mother. She she was.
1: She was very difficult. She was always very hard on Veronica. She was always wanting what she could take from Veronica. Um, There are actually three books that have only been done on Veronica, one of which is her autobiography. Then there is Peekaboo. And finally, there's Veronica Lake, um, the photo gallery. The photo gallery book is probably the only one that I would really recommend. Um, Veronica's autobiography is good, but it's a little, you know, I don't know if it's exactly how this happened. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But, you know, so... um, Veronica, you know, keeps on making movies, but like I said, her heyday really ends in '44. And whether one wants to think that's because she cut her hair, or alcoholism, or you know, just combination,
0: combination, probably
1: exactly. That that would be my guess too, because she did have. You know successful movies after the haircut but um you know her behavior gets out i think the boston war bonds thing really affected more than people think it did uh but in 1948 she makes saigon which is her last appearance with alan ladd um you know they they've had a good run with each other um and she ends up getting dropped from paramount in 48 as well so she kind of becomes like a free agent she works for fox you know for a couple movies and then in 1951 she makes stronghold which was made for an independent studio called lippert pictures and she eventually sued for unpaid wages But she and DeToth have to file for bankruptcy, and the IRS goes after them for unpaid taxes, which, of course, in 51, like right after the war, is a really big deal. Um, Did she buy the
0: plane prior to that? Because she ended up becoming an aviator as well. She bought her husband a plane.
1: She did. She had gotten um, her—she had gotten— her um, pilot's license in 46 actually and they mm-hmm. own the plane together and in 51 she gets on her plane, she <laughs> does not tell Andre where she is going nor does she tell any of her children and she moves to New
0: York by herself She flies cross country to New
1: she York fl- yeah, She flies all by herself across mm-hmm. the country from Los Angeles to New York um, and you know I'm, I'm, I don't want to tie everything back to her parenting skills, but, of course, this, this probably wasn't the best mothery, you know, move to make. But she does it, and she instantly, you know, starts appearing in stage plays. She gets pretty positive reviews. You know, I think a big thing with Veronica was so much emphasis was put on, you know, film and movies. But I really think that she would have been happier if she had just focused on being a stage actress. She also
0: did a lot of TV she did she
1: she's doing tv appearances during this time but most of her focus is for her stage plays she played peter pan and she did wouldn't that have been amazing to go see you know little pocket bombshell veronica
0: like, <laughs> i TV love peter that pocket pan. bombshell because is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Her hair was so short. She said she'd get so annoyed that people come to, and what did you do to your hair? You know, ooh, what did you do? You know how kind people are. Now they can do it on social media. They don't have to do it face to face and go, ooh, what did you do to your hair? And she said, I cut it. (laughs) You know, come on. What do you think I did to my hair? I, yeah,
1: no, pe- people cannot stand or well, just could not fathom a Veronica Lake without her hair. Um, but Veronica doesn't have a, you know, she she's doing pretty well for a while. And then she starts getting arrested for public drunkenness and disorderly conduct. I knew you, and you were. That- in New York and that effectively ends her stage career so you know there's really not a whole lot on Veronica you know during those really lean years in the 50s very hard to find yeah, something. but in 62, she pops up. She is living at the Martha Washington Hotel. Um, the New York Post is actually who found her. Um, she's living in the Martha Washington Hotel, which was an all-woman's hotel, and she is a waitress at a cocktail lounge.
0: I've heard she was a bartender, waitress. Who knows? Yeah,
1: no, uh, originally it was claimed that she was a waitress, but it's probably one of those things that she waitressed and bartended. That that would be my guess. Yes. Um, and you know, she uh, people are absolutely
0: shocked. Was she you know, living
1: at the hotel as well? She was. She was living at the Martha Washington Hotel, which only women could live there.
0: It was and- still there when I moved to the city in a really seedy neighborhood.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it, it kind of sounds... Um, she claimed she was paying $190 a month to, to live there. I really doubt that
0: number. Not in that, that place. Not, not in that area. It's cleaned yeah. up now. Now it's a huge, like you pay 400 bucks a night to sleep at that hotel. But at that oh. time, like in the 60s and 70s and 80s and into the early 90s, because I knew about it, it it was in a in a seedy neighborhood but then everything got gentrified and changed
1: yeah, no, no but we, now, we don't know
0: how that goes. Yeah, I can't imagine her paying that much for a room.
1: Yeah, room. I I do too, but she was a very proud person. Yes. Fans start sending her a bunch of money. She sends it back, and that's when she says, you know, I am doing very well for myself. I'm very happy. I'm around people, and I'm able to afford this hotel room that's $190 a month, which in all honesty was probably closer to like $90 a month, Yeah, if that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so she's, you know, she sends it back. She does get some television appearances during this time, um, you know. And then in 66, they, she's given the Veronica Lake Show, which is actually, you know, like broadcasts out of Baltimore. Um, doesn't really last, but, you know, she she like introduces movies on it. Oh. Um And then in 19—but, you know, public interest fades very, very quickly, and I think that's, like, the depressing part, you know. People are like, oh, you know, we're really going to help Veronica Lake, and then, of course, she falls out of, you know, public view again, and she kind of goes, you know,
0: back— to the shadows, you know. Yeah.
1: Um, But in— You know, um, 19, probably about 68, Donald Blaine, who is a ghostwriter, comes up to her and says, hey, you know, we should write your autobiography. And Veronica readily agrees. Um, It's called Veronica, the autobiography of Veronica Lake. And it was first released in the U.K. in 1969 and then in the U.S. in 1970. And Veronica, you know, is really pushed into, you know, doing You know, these television appearances, you know, she's doing interviews, you know, people are like, oh, that's where Veronica Lake went, you know, and she's starting to get, you know, a bunch of attention again. Veronica sadly puts all well not all, but a good portion of the proceeds of her book to film the nineteen seventy classic Flesh Beast.
0: Oh my I didn't know that she she was a contributor to the film financially. She,
1: she did. Yeah, no, she she did um, she did produce, you know, part of it and of course the movie is absolutely horrific. Um, I, I don't really have anything positive to say. It has a very odd storyline. About Nazis and it, it's a very
0: interesting movie. Oh it, yeah, it, I read I read the um, uh, synopsis of it. Yeah, it sounds it, but just flesh feast. Come on,
1: Eek. yeah, no, she she does flesh. Um, flesh feast obviously is not a box office smash.
0: Didn't uh, she want to make a big return to Hollywood? But. Nobody wanted her. She looked uh, a woman um, that will probably be guest on this show. Sue Cameron. She was a reporter for the Hollywood Reporter, and she wrote a book. And I have to get through it. It's kind of a big book, and I'll just actually gonna I'll just get through it soon enough so that she can come on. But she uh, met Veronica Lake and did an interview with Veronica Lake. She said when she met Veronica her fingernails were dirty, she was bloated, she looked so tired, she looked years older than 47, and that she um, was drunk. And she looked like she'd been on a year drunk is how Sue said it. And then Veronica asked her because she was going to get her star on the, ho- on, on the sidewalk, what do you call it, the Walk of Fame.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And pitifully, not there was no press there was no fans, nobody. It was just Sue Cameron, who she didn't even know, um, and Gary Owens, who was like an announcer or something. And that was it. The three of them were there. She didn't even stay for the whole ceremony. I think she was really bummed and left. And I think that was the last of her Hollywood um, comeback her hip hip boo. Yeah.
1: No, it it didn't go well. Um, You're right. She thought Flesh Feast was going to help catapult her to fame again. It obviously did not happen. I mean, Hollywood, you know, Hollywood usually takes care of their own, but they didn't take care of Veronica Lake, which I think says a lot about, like, how veronica lake was to work with right um i think that and that you know was partially why i think that she might she may have been bipolars because people said she was either super nice or she was super mean there was like nothing in between hmm. and you know but I then think
0: when you're drunk be, too you can be super right. nice, super mean and i think towards the end of her life last years of her life she was pretty drunk She was, um, she she had lost a lot of her
1: teeth. Um, Her teeth had started to rot. She she just didn't look great. So... You know, 1970 Flesh Feast comes out. She's making, you know, the press circuit and everything. And then, of course, Veronica kind of falls out of favor again. And then she makes news because on June 26, 1973, she checks into a hospital because she has been diagnosed for cirrhosis. She's just not feeling that great.
0: She's All in uh, Vermont, right? She was visiting friends. Mm-hmm. She lived in the West Indies for a couple of years or something like that, right? And Married a captain and they, mar- they stayed married for about eight months or something.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like Barbara Payton. Um, You know, she, she goes off for a while. She's living in the Bahamas. Um, You know, she marries a sea captain. He thinks they're going to be, you know, happy and fun and, you know, have this great life. And then she just leaves,
0: you know, (laughs) she books.
1: Um, she, she's just, she's out again. And that's kind of, you know, what she does. She just, she, it's, you know, things are over the honeymoon period. You know, she's kind of just over everything. So she, just leaves and that's what she does to him too um but she checked into the hospital and then on july 7th 1973 veronica lake passes away um cause of death was ruled to be acute hepatitis as well as acute kidney injury um her son michael claims her body and then on july 11th they have her funeral at the new york city university chapel and she's cremated which this is kind of interesting part um and supposedly her ashes are scattered however in 2004 some of veronica's ashes supposedly appeared in an antique store in new
0: york yeah i read that
1: um now the thing is is that michael claimed her body but he really didn't have the money to pay for it. It was actually her, you know, for her cremation and funeral. It was actually her old ghostwriter, Donald Bain, who paid for her funeral. Wow. And then when he finally found because her kids didn't want her ashes. Right. And when he finally found someone who would take her ashes, Bain paid for them to receive their you know, her ashes. And she was supposed to be scattered out at sea. But of course, did it happen? Did it not happen? I tend to think that the, you know, pawn shop ashes probably are not her ashes. Um, but, you know, the, the guy has this whole chain that he went through of how he obtained these ashes. Um, it's only about a spoonful. And they had been put in a manila envelope. Oh, my. So, um, you know, that's a big thing. Are they or are they not Veronica's ashes?
0: We're never going to know, I guess. No, I don't think Um, so. Didn't Michael ask his father for a loan to get there to Vermont to get her body? And his dad said no. So he had to borrow money from somebody else.
1: He he did and of course Veronica didn't have this super, you know, luxurious estate she was leaving. I mean she was barely scraping by. Yeah. So, um, but you know, Michael never tried to claim I mean he, he did plan the funeral that Bane paid for, he did pay for that, but Michael, you know, supposedly never wanted to claim her ashes. Mm-hmm. Um and so they ended up going to some friends that she had down in like the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they're supposed to be scattered, but supposedly about, you know, a tablespoon size amount of Veronica's ashes can be purchased by almost anyone because they were in a manila envelope in a creepy old antique store.
0: Yeah. And the Catskills, uh, I think, in New York, the Catskills somehow. What a, what a gross and morbid thought, though, right? How <laughs> horrible. Yeah, you know, that, and,
1: that's, um, that, and, I, I don't know, it's just...
0: Mm. They didn't but, like their uh, mother, that's for sure, but she wasn't much of a mother to them. She did not have much of a mother, that's for sure. And if she had mental illness and she was an alcoholic, that doesn't make the best mommies in the world either.
1: It, it doesn't. And like I said, Constance ended up kind of getting the last word on um, Veronica the um, Peekaboo, the story of Veronica Lake, which is, of course, by Jeff Lindbergh. Um, you know, a, a lot of I, I never try to disagree with family members on stuff, but Constance had been estranged from Veronica for a very long time. She, you know, wasn't involved with anything with Veronica's life. You know, after Veronica refused to give her any more money, she and know,
0: she stopped. didn't win the court case, obviously.
1: Right. You know, and um, and there was a huge thing that, you know, Constance was going out and saying, you know, Veronica's leaving me homeless. Veronica actually received a lot of backlash for cutting off her mother. You know, people were saying, they're saying, oh, God, you know, you should support your mom. Um, You know, but she received a lot of backlash for that. So Constance ended up getting the last word. Um, Like I said, unfortunately, there really hasn't been a great biography written on Veronica. I'm hoping maybe one of your listeners can do it for us, Grace. I hope so, (laughs) because
0: I was looking, and I know I did read it years and years ago. I don't even think I knew. I just read and. I'm sorry for the sirens, you guys. It sounds I'm in New York, in my apartment, and it's never, never this sireny. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, th- none of the books you told me not to buy them, and it would be a waste. And it, actually, it, it was. I mean, whatever I found on her was basically the stuff that we, you know, we're talking about. you know, there's not a ton. Uh, No documentary, no nothing. I mean, she's no May. She's no Betty Grable. But she certainly was an icon for her generation. And that hairstyle, you know, with all that, somebody counting her hair, (laughs) the width and length, that's bizarre. Yeah, so she kind of-
1: that That's the thing with Veronica is you know a lot of people have like seen Veronica even if they don't know her name just for the hairstyle you know I can remember being a you know little kid in the early nineties and there was a show called Captain Planet. And it was about recycling and all this stuff. But there's a character, she's blonde, and she has the peekaboo hairstyle. You know, it's, uh, it's updated for, like, you know, 1989 or whenever the show was first made. But, you know, it's such an iconic look. And Veronica is an iconic person. And it's so, you know, I think it's so hard for people to wrap their heads around the fact that Veronica, you know, is really only, like, the golden child for you know about three or four years and then her career just goes down pretty quickly and that is actually very you know common you know the same thing obviously happened with jane jane was really jane Mansfield, obviously yeah um you know she she was really only popular for you know about three years and then she goes down but she's still you know somebody everybody knows everyone has seen the sophia loren picture and everyone has seen at least one picture of veronica with her peekaboo hairstyle i mean she's gorgeous woman she really made her mark you know and then she's out and you know she ends up supposedly sleeping outside some night and so, you know she she has a bunch of issues but we always picture you know perfect 19 you know 42 veronica lake with her little peekaboo hairstyle
0: she was beautiful and she was actually adorable in a couple of her movies and um i liked her with alan ladd and you know she had a very hard and tough life I don't think she made it any easier on herself, but like you said if she's bipolar and then the alcohol and they said she was paranoid at times and things like that. So, you know, alcohol can mess with your brain as well. So, it it certainly was not the ideal situation for Veronica, but we won't she'll still be remembered. She'll still she is still remembered. And like you said, there's a Veronica Lake community, you know, people who really are fans of hers and discovered her and thought she's amazing and love her. So
1: Exactly. You
0: know, I think she'd be surprised about that, frankly, and I think she'd be, of course, very pleased. Oh, what was I going to say about Veronica? There is one thing I wanted to say, not so much about her community. Her death. I can't remember. I am drawing a total blank. Sorry, you guys. But... Um, It's sad about her kids, obviously. Well, none of them wrote a mommy dearest book, so I guess she's ahead of the game, right? (laughs) That's not too bad.
1: You know, um, I, I think she definitely, I think she's ahead of the game. I think a big thing, though, too, is, you know, like, is there going to be an interest in this? You know what I mean? Yes. You know... Most of the celebrity, you know, kid, bio, we should really just do an episode on celebrity kid
0: biographies, We, I know. I was thinking of it, the mommy dearest, daddy dearest, and that all came together, I believe, after Christina. But I, th- I was thinking the same thing because that is an amazing topic. And these kids really, you know, let them have it. And I think that would be a great, great topic. And I, wa- and I thought that myself. Um, no,
1: it's a very, it's a very, um, I don't know. It's just, it's very odd. Um, but you know, the, the ones that always do well are the celebrities who are constantly in the public image. You know, they still look glamorous even when they're older, you know, lover, hater, Joan Crawford always looked like a movie
0: star. She did. She really you did. Know?
1: She puts the same thing with Lana Turner, Lana Turner always looked like a movie star. You know Betty Davis always looks like a you Betty know, Davis curmudgeon movie star. <laughs> yes, I
0: love I, Betty Davis. I, I love her too because she's so down to earth. And then you know I I posted a picture today of her lying on her couch and she's wearing like a babushka on her head, and um, she's lying there on her feet. I mean we're talking about how pedicures and Betty Grable pedicured Marilyn's feet, and Betty had her own podiatrist for her feet. <laughs> There's Betty laying there, and her feet are dirty, and, you know, it's like she needs a toenail trim. I love her. I mean, she's just like, I don't care. Here I am, and there yeah. she was. Oh, the one thing I wanted to say about Veronica and her iconic hair, did you ever see um, what the, the major and the minor? I have. Did you see the scene? It's a creepy movie. It could never be made today. Um because he thinks Zuzu's only 12. Um, but the, I think, or 13, I don't know, young. And they're having a dance, and she's at this boys' um, cadet military school. And all the girls that come in from like a camp or something across the way, <laughs> they all have their hair in a peekaboo style, all of them. And it's a very funny sight scene. Um, that's how popular her hair was. They they were doing it for teenage girls in another movie. So she she, uh, she was known for that hair, let's face it.
1: Yeah, no, and I think that's the one they say they all think they're Veronica Lake.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they laugh, it's, yeah, well, because they it, look pretty pitiful.
1: They did, but no, it is, she's just she's an icon. I, I think she's probably one of the first hair icons. I would say Jean Harlow was followed very closely by Veronica Lake.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yes. So these sirens are getting worse. It's like the end of the world in New York City. Yeah. So are you guys okay? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I'm so sorry about the sirens, you guys. But I think we touched on a lot about Veronica. Um, if there was more, we would have done more. But like I said, they're, pretty much these are the facts that are known. And we presented them. And once again, thank you, April. And who are we doing next? Are we doing um, Car- Carol, um, yeah, Landis. Carol Landis? What a sad little soul she was. Yeah, she's an interesting and very sad. Um,
1: Most wife. definitely. I'm,
0: I'm excited for Carol.
1: I, I think a big thing that we're going to have with Carol, obviously, is her very horrible death.
0: Yes, and, you know, her. her six wasn't she married six times yeah it's it's a pretty
1: extreme amount for someone who was only like 29
0: yes so sad so next week that's what we're going to do so thank you guys for listening and thanks so much april once again for being so fab and like i said sorry about the sirens maybe somehow they can be lessened i hope but It's New York, (laughs) what can I say? (laughs) So thanks, everybody. Take care. Thanks, April.
1: Thanks, Grace, and have a great day.
0: You too.
2: The clown with his pants falling down Or the dance That's a dream of romance Or the scene where the villain is me Lights on the lady in tights, or the bride with the guy on the side, or the ball where she gives him her all. That's entertainment. It might be a fight like you see on the screen, a swain getting slain for the love of a queen, some great Shakespearean scene where a ghost and a prince meet, and everyone ends in mincemeat. gag, maybe waving the flag that began with the Mr. Cohan hip hooray, the American way. The world is a stage, the stage is a world of entertainment.